Well, if you would tonight, I'd like you to turn to the very same passage that we were at this morning, uh, and that is 1 Corinthians chapter 2. This morning we looked at verse 6. This morning we're, or excuse me, this evening we're going to look at verses 7 through 9. We are looking at the inseparable link between the wisdom of God and the cross of Christ. The inseparable link between the wisdom of God and us having that wisdom and the cross of Christ. If I could read this passage again, it says, or Paul writes, yet among the mature we do, we do impart wisdom. Although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. If they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. I want you to really think deeply with me tonight about verse 7. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. Our first point tonight is God's glory and wisdom. God designed to glorify himself by saving undeserving sinners through the sacrifice of his one and only Son. The wisdom of God decreed in history past that he would bring glory to himself by saving undeserving sinners through the sacrifice of his Son. Again in verses 7 and 8, but we impart a secret and hidden wisdom from or of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this. None of the rulers of this age understood this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Think about the cross from eternity past to eternity future and see the wisdom of God. Behold the cross of Christ from eternity past to eternity future and see the wisdom of God. Before the heavens and earth were ever created, before mankind was ever created, the Bible tells us that God had already determined and decreed that he would save undeserving sinners by the sacrifice of his one and only Son. That is beyond our comprehension, but it shows us the great love and affection of God for sinful men and women. So the cross of Christ represents God's predetermined 
love and affection for sinners. And it is because of that love and affection as we look to eternity future that we will be able to spend eternity with God in this place the Bible calls heaven, in this place that will be absent or where sin will be absent, where it will be perfect, but the only reason the absolute only reason we will be able to spend eternity in heaven is because of the cross of Christ and our faith in that accomplished death and resurrection. Paul calls this a secret and hidden wisdom from God. God's affection for us, his loving pursuit of us in the cross of Christ which was put in place before we were ever made, Paul calls this the secret and hidden wisdom from God. And I want you tonight and me tonight to be excited about that, to be thrilled about that, to be intrigued by that, to be puzzled by that, that there is this secret and hidden wisdom of God that is now available to us. I've gone over this with you before, but I think it is worth mentioning again that when the Bible, especially the New Testament, talks about something that is secret and hidden or mysterious, it doesn't mean that God's playing hide-and-seek with us. It doesn't mean that God is deliberately hiding something from us because he doesn't want us to find it. That is not it at all. In fact, we looked at this back in February when we looked at Christ in us the hope of glory, which Paul calls in Colossians 1 a mystery hidden for ages and generations. But it wasn't hidden so he'd never find would never find it. It means that it is a truth of God that had to be unfolded in God's unfolding revelation at a particular time in a particular way in God's infinite knowledge and wisdom so to understand Christ in you the hope of glory we needed to see his unfolding revelation and to see this secret and hidden wisdom of God it had to be unveiled over time and Paul is saying it is now it is now available to all of us to all of you here tonight you see previously the truth and reality of the cross was hidden in shadows and types. If you read through the Old Testament, you will see there was the Passover lamb, that yearly sacrifice that was so important to the people of Israel. Within the Passover lamb was the cross of Christ as a shadow and a type. There was the day of atonement, the sacrifice of atonement, which really was the same thing Then we see the prophecies like Isaiah chapter 53 or Psalm 22. They are shadows and types pointing to a reality that is yet to come. And then, and then the actual coming and eventual crucifixion of Christ, God's plan for the salvation of sinners was fully revealed. So at the cross of Calvary, As Jesus hung on the cross, 
the unfolding revelation of God comes to its pinnacle, as I mentioned this morning, to its mountaintop. Here is the wisdom of God, and the secret and hidden wisdom is not only revealed, but is now made available. So, God designed to bring glory to himself by saving undeserving sinners through the sacrifice of his one and only Son. The cross of Christ displays God's infinite wisdom in the fact that he provided a substitute for sinners. The great question, one of those ultimate questions, especially in light of biblical theology, is this. How could God satisfy his justice and show mercy to sinners all at the same time? How could God remain completely pure and holy and spotless and yet at the same time show mercy and grace to sinful men and women and actually in an astounding way, have a personal relationship with them. How could this happen? How could both things be true? And we know this. We know this. But it is at the heart and soul of God's wisdom, the only way is by substituting himself in the place of sinners. The only way that God could remain pure and holy and at the same time show mercy to sinful men and women is by substituting himself in the place of sinners. So I want you to think of it this way. God poured out all of his wrath and all of his judgment, all of it, none held back upon sin. And then he took all of his wrath and all of his judgment upon himself. So he pours out his judgment and his wrath and then he stands as our substitute. He stands in our place and takes it all upon himself. Oh, what glory. Oh, what wisdom. This this is the most glorious reality in all of the universe. And is, it is the pinnacle of the wisdom of God. The most glorious reality in all of the universe, the pinnacle of the wisdom of God, is that God took our place, our punishment, upon the cross. And so, we stand before God in our sin deserving holy wrath and eternal judgment. And yet God, in his mercy, has come to us himself, has come to us himself in Christ, and he has stood in our place to pay the price for our sin. And so God accomplished salvation for sinners. We could not do it. We had no ability to accomplish it has nothing to do with our effort, has nothing to do with our striving to live a good life. No, God had to bear and endure his own wrath in our place, completely accomplishing our salvation in his death and resurrection. One of the great summations of the gospel, which many of you are familiar with, is 2 Corinthians 5.21. 
God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's it. That's it. God made him, Jesus Christ, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him, in Jesus Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. So, I want to go back over this again. God designed to glorify himself, to display his infinite wisdom by saving undeserving sinners through the sacrifice of his one and only son. That is the first part of this message. Now we come to the second part. Our second point is the cross and the Christian life. The cross of Christ also represents the wisdom of God because it calls the Christian to die daily to self. The cross of Christ, because of its great wisdom, its great wisdom for us, calls us to die daily to ourselves. In Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, Jesus says this, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. I've shared this with you before, but it is so interesting. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record Jesus as saying, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Only Luke, only Luke adds the little word daily. And I love it. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So vividly portrays the wisdom of the cross. Every day, every day we die to self. Now this goes back to something that I mentioned this morning. Whether it was in the first century or it is in the 21st century, people have always equated wisdom with education, experience, age, wealth, and power. But when we come to the cross, we die to ourselves. We die to all of those notions of man's wisdom. And we die to self-reliance. We die to self-dependence. We die to our human pride. And we die to our human wisdom. We take off the table all sources of what are so-called human wisdom. And we rely on Christ and in him alone, not just for our salvation, but also for our ongoing sanctification. Had some interesting feedback after the service this morning, and I really appreciate it. Someone said to me, something you said this morning really struck me. This person said, for years, people have always said, older people are wise people. If someone is old, 
they must be wise. And so we really need to avail ourselves of the wisdom of older people. And then this person said, I've never thought that's entirely true. And this person was right. Now, don't misunderstand me. If someone is, let's just use this time frame, if someone's in their 80s or 90s, and they have walked with Christ for decades, they have taken up their cross, denied themselves, and followed him for years and years, they are indeed wise people. But just because someone's in their 80s or 90s does not mean they are wise. There are many older people who are not wise. There are well-educated people who are not wise. There are people with lots of life experience who are not wise. We are talking about a wisdom that can only be found through the Spirit of God and the Word of God. I, I really want to impress that upon you. There is a wisdom available to us that is not available to anyone else in this world. It is not the world's wisdom. It is God's wisdom. And so we die daily. We heed the words of Jesus. We deny ourselves. We take up our cross daily and we follow him. Again, we die to self-reliance and self-dependence. We die to our human pride and we die to all of these thoughts we've grown up with about human wisdom. I want to show you or try to illustrate for you how prevalent this is in our thinking. I have read over the years articles, books, about people on a quest for wisdom. And sometimes these become feature articles in magazines or other periodicals. And you will read about someone who, uh, this is a, a typical kind of scenario, someone who's 23 years old or 28 years old or 32 years old, and they become disillusioned with life. They become disillusioned with what they see around them in the world. And so they go on this quest for wisdom. They're going to find wisdom. And so they backpack across Europe. Or they join the Peace Corps. Or I've read of families who have taken their children, and whether they homeschool them or take them out of school, and they go sailing to different countries and they're going to visit different countries and they're going to visit different cultures and they're going to talk with people from all over the world with the thought that if we do this then we will become wise then we will have wisdom I remember reading a story years ago of uh, some a couple that went to all the small towns of America and they were going to go from Maine to Florida to Texas to California and up to Oregon. And they were going to talk to men and women uh, from all of these small towns and to get, I quote, that small town wisdom so that they could have it for themselves, so they could see what life is really all about. And folks, I want to say to you, 
there may be some things we can learn from those types of quests, but that is not the wisdom of God. So there is this sense in which we have to set aside all of those things because the wisdom of God is not found in the Peace Corps. It's not found by visiting different countries as wonderful as all of those things may be. The wisdom of God is found at the cross of Christ. It is there that we find true wisdom. A verse that I've shared with you a number of times over the last few months, Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. That is a sentence. John Piper is fond of saying that we are changed. That's why he's a big advocate of not only reading, but reading slowly and carefully. I know we like to speed read, get through things. But he said, lives are changed by sentences and paragraphs. I just want you to think about that. Lives are changed by sentences and paragraphs. Here's one of those sentences that should change us, that should cause us to reflect and think deeply for the rest of our lives. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. There is a song we sing, and in fact, we may sing it next week, that many of us really like. It's that song, How Deep the Father's Love. And in one part of the song, it says this I will not boast in anything. No gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. That's it. That's it right there. I will not boast in anything. No gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. In God's wisdom, in God's wisdom, he has chosen to glorify himself through those who die to themselves every day. In God's great wisdom, he has chosen to glorify himself through those who die to themselves every single day. Now, let me go back to a thought I shared a little bit about this, this morning and earlier in the message. The wisdom of God cannot be possessed by nor understood by an unbeliever. It is only available to a child of God. I just, want, I just want that to sink deeply into our souls. The wisdom we are talking about, the, when the Bible uses the word wisdom, it cannot be possessed by nor understood by 
an unbeliever. It is only available to a child of God. So if we say professor so-and-so at such a university is very wise, we are not talking about biblical wisdom. Just because he or she is well-educated or may have a lot of human knowledge, that is not the wisdom that we are talking about. That brings us to verse 9. And I'm glad Chad asked that question because I didn't know that many of you <laughs> were curious about this. Now, let me read verses 7 through 9 again to bring it all together. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God. And watch this, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age, you could put none of the wise, or excuse me, none of the knowledgeable, learned people of this age understood this. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But, but, as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. The ESV here has a little bit of an, I think, an, a little bit awkward wording. In other translations, it just kind of declares, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And as I shared with you this morning, that is most often applied to or thought of as heaven. And I want to be real careful here because I even have heard some sermons by others who use it as a reference to heaven. But I don't believe it refers to heaven at all. It is saying this, this secret wisdom of God, that is found at the cross of Christ, which is available only to believers and cannot be possessed by nor understood by unbelievers, is yours in Christ. You have a depth of understanding. You have a depth of insight in not only into Scripture, but into all of life that no human eye has seen, no human ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined, but God has prepared this great wisdom for you who love him. You have a supernatural wisdom. Now, I don't want you to believe this because Pastor Tim said so. Well, Pastor Tim said verse 9 doesn't have anything to do with heaven. I want you to be Bereans. I want you to study this passage. There is a whole biblical unit here from verse 6 to verse 16. Read it for yourselves. And I say to you, I submit to you tonight, it has nothing to do with heaven. It has everything to do with the wisdom of God. And there is this constant, as you read through, contrast between natural wisdom and the wisdom of the Spirit of God. We're going to look at this next Sunday, but look at verse 10. These things, now after verses 7 through 9, after verse 9, 
These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, capital S meaning Holy Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. We have available to us a wisdom from the Holy Spirit, the Spirit that searches everything, even the depths of God. The Holy Spirit who searches the depths of God himself has made this wisdom available to us. Oh, let us avail ourselves of such great wisdom. Now, verse 9 is, and we find this in Scripture, a translation of a combination of verses from Isaiah chapter 64 and 65. Now, I want to give you a quote so you don't think that Pastor Tim just kind of came up with this, that he just decided it wasn't about heaven, it was about wisdom, and this is his own thought. No, here's a quote I've actually used for years in reference to verse 9, and it comes from John MacArthur. I want you to listen carefully to what he says. This quotation from Isaiah 64.4 and 6517 is often memorized, but it is also frequently misapplied. Paul is not referring to the wonders of heaven, but to the wisdom of God, or but to the wisdom God has prepared for believers. His point, I want you to really pay close attention to these last two sentences. His point is that the natural Eyes, ears, and hearts of men cannot know or comprehend his wisdom. It is prepared only for those who love him. Okay, this, his point is that the natural, our natural eyes, our natural ears, and our natural hearts cannot know or comprehend this wisdom. It is only prepared, it is only available to those who Love him. I want you to marvel at that tonight. When you have, when you share truth with your unbelieving family members and friends, and they say to you, that doesn't make any sense to me. I don't get it. And you're thinking, how can they not see it? How can they not get it? It is so clear to me. I want you to understand they don't see it and they don't get it. They are telling you the truth. They literally do not see it the way you see it and they don't get it the way you get it because you have a wisdom they do not have. And that is why, if people are to understand the truth that we hold to with such affection and love, they must be born again. That's why we've got to preach the gospel. That's why we've got to share the gospel. Because until they are regenerated, until they are born again, they won't see it and they won't get it. Don't try to argue someone into the kingdom of God. It doesn't work. They must be convicted of their sin and their desperate need for a Savior. Then they will be given. Then 
they will be given a secret and hidden wisdom of God. So let me try to bring together this morning and this evening as we pursue true biblical wisdom. Here's how I think of it. We study and meditate upon the grand importance of the cross of Christ. As I shared with you this morning, we seek to live at the foot of the cross. We marvel at it. We look at it. We think about it. We reflect on it. We meditate on it. And we see so clearly at the cross that we are lost and helpless and hopeless apart from Christ. It is everything. We see at the cross that God thoroughly and, ac- and completely accomplished our salvation there. He did it all. Not most of it, not 99% of it, he did it all at the cross. And so, we trust We trust in the death and resurrection of Christ and in that alone for our salvation because there is no other means of salvation. There is salvation and in that alone is salvation, the cross of Jesus Christ. But not only that. We live at the foot of the cross, meditating, reflecting, pondering its great truth. And every day, every day we die to ourselves and to this world. Wisdom, folks, wisdom isn't found out there somewhere. Wisdom is found in the glory of the cross and what Christ accomplished there for us. And I come to the cross and I meditate upon the cross and I see the beauty and wonder of the cross and I say to you tonight, behold the wisdom of God. You want to be wise? You want to be truly wise? Then set your heart, your mind, your affections, everything within you on understanding what happened on the cross and what it means to you and what it means to the entire world. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the cross of Christ. We thank you tonight for the secret and hidden wisdom of God that is available to those who know Christ as Savior, a wisdom that is not available to those outside of the family of God. But may we use that wisdom to help one another, to serve one another, and to take the gospel to our communities and to the farthest reaches of the world. Lord, you have given us an unbelievable privilege and honor of having such wisdom. Help us to use it for your glory and for the good of the world. For we ask this in Christ's name, amen.